Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Jada. It's April 27th, Monday, start of a new week. And this is Quarantine Devotional, still in quarantine, of course. Um, but I haven't posted a new episode in about a week because I've just been very spiritually and emotionally cluttered. And I try not to make the excuse that I'm busy because being busy means that you have a lot of things to do or that you are doing a lot of things. And so when something falls through the crack, when you're busy, it's usually because you prioritize it lower than your other responsibilities. And so I prioritize this lower than my other responsibilities um, just because the other things that I have to do in my life feel more immediate. But without sitting with myself and talking through scripture every day, I really start to get into the routine of feeling lost and of not being organized in my spiritual life and um, delaying growth. And I'm tired of delaying my own growth. We do that a lot as humans. Um, We get in our own way and we clutter things in our heart. Clutter is such a big word. Um, it's, it's an important word. Not big as in size, but big as in significance. Clutter. And we have so much clutter. And clutter doesn't even have to be things that you actually need. Clutter is like miscellaneous items that just don't have purpose. They don't help you. They're miscellaneous. They're unimportant. They take up space. And that space where personal fulfillment and joy and happiness and reflection and meditation can go, not the clutter of the things that we prioritize over the rest, such as stress and fear and um, self-pity, those things are not productive to us. And so I really had to have a talk with, I had to have a talk with Jesus about a week ago, decluttering um, myself. And then I had a talk with him yesterday about really being serious about it because I can talk about it all day and God can hear me talk about it all day. But until I take the necessary steps, um, then what he said is true. Faith without works is dead. So I want you to assess what in your life is unnecessary and it's unproductive. What are you keeping? I need you to take inventory of your emotional labor, your physical labor, and your mental labor. Where Are you putting the most time? What are you expending? What are you getting from it? You need to take inventory and assess whether or not those things belong inside of you. And it's such a hard pill to swallow to realize that we have normalized things that don't necessarily come from the spirit. They come from the flesh and we justify it by the world. And those things are are not meant to serve us. They comfort us. And I remember reading a scripture yesterday. I believe it was John chapter 3. 
Um, And it talked about us being comforted in our own darkness because that's what we're used to. And we're used to the flesh and to sin that we don't even want to address the issues that we have. We are so, uh, we're so like receptive to darkness and not to light. And so when Jesus, who is the light, tries to come into our life, it doesn't align and we're afraid of it. And we're fearful, not fearful in the way that he wants us to be, but fearful in a fleshly fleshly way that makes us unresponsive to him. We harden our hearts, and that's exactly what he's asked us not to do. So I want to read a scripture today. Um, I believe that it's uh, 2 Timothy, and this this isn't something I planned or looked up in advance this is something that I was like God just send me to a scripture and um the title of this and this is second Timothy chapter two is the appeal renewed and I'm reading from the new international version it starts you then my son be strong in the grace that is Christ Jesus And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, Anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Remember, Christ Jesus, raised from the dead, descended from David, this is my gospel, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal, but God's word is not chained. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. So wow, that that tells us a lot of things, actually. Uh, he says, join with me in suffering in verse 3. Join with me in suffering. With me in suffering. Like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. And that's exactly what we do when we clutter our lives with the distractions of the world. We're getting entangled in civilian affairs we have to remember that we are fighting a battle on all fronts this is a spiritual battle this is spiritual warfare we talked about walking the path and then satan attacking us whenever he can whenever he sees that we are either defenseless 
Whether he sees that we are distracted, that we are cowering in fear, that is his moment to be actionable and to step in and to try and take blessings from your life, to try and prevent blessings on your life. But we know that the armor of God is what protects us. And so, Timothy says to join with each other in suffering, just like a good soldier. A good soldier knows that war is a mist. A good soldier does not forget that he's fighting. We forget that we're fighting. If you were in a war, you would be alert, you would be meticulous, you would be relentless about being aware of your surroundings and the people that are around you because you're not just responsible for yourself, you're responsible for others as well. And so in this war, there are casualties. There are primary casualties, which happen to individuals. And there are secondary casualties, which happen to the people around those individuals. And then those branch out into other casualties that eventually infect his entire kingdom. What one person does in this war has a ripple effect. So you would never go into war unaware, unprepared, outnumbered. So why are you forgetting to open your eyes and to see the calamity and the fighting all around you? Why can't you see the battle? You can feel the battle. You can feel the depression. You can feel the financial struggle. You can feel the loneliness, but you can't see it because you won't acknowledge that you are indeed fighting in a spiritual battle. We know that when we fight, God fights for us. So we're not alone. This isn't something that we have to tackle ourselves. You have to wake up and remember that you are indeed in the middle of war. You are in the middle of a war. The product, the victory, the prize is you and your soul. That's what Satan wants. That's all he wants is your soul. He wants to claim lies that are not his. He wants to rob you of the gift that God gives you through his sacrifice, the gift of life. And Satan wants nothing more than for you to forget that you're fighting in a war. So it feels like, it just feels like you're being attacked. Well, yes, you are. Figure out why. What are you doing? Would you go into battle without your armor, without your weapons, without your strategy? Would you go without checking with your commanding officer? It says, but rather they try to please their commanding officers. Why are you not checking in with your CO? Who's your CO? Your CO is God. 
That's why you feel jumbled up. That's why you're getting attacked. That's why you're falling to the ground. That's why there's blood. Because you are not checking in with the commanding officer. The commanding officer wants you to win. He's given you instruction. He's given you a word, a living word that was formed at the beginning of time. So why are you not checking in with him? Why are you not listening? Why are you hardening your heart when you feel like you are being attacked? It's because you are. Figure out why. It says, reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Back up in verse 5, it says, similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Now, there are two parts to this. Yes, you will get disqualified if you don't compete according to the rules. The second part is the rules are there for a purpose. The rules can help you. Smart people know how to take advantage of the rules. So in this war, there are rules for you, for all of God's people, for all of God's elect. Those rules have been outlined in his word. Those rules are guidelines. Those rules are battle plans. Those rules were meant to carry you through this war because you were not meant to be in this war alone. That's what he wants for you. To reflect on those plans so that they become one with your spirit and you can fight knowing that you've already won knowing that you've already won I love this scripture because it reminds us it reminds us of our reality Remember, the Bible said that our fight, (laughs) that our fight really isn't worldly. Ephesians 6, 12 reminds us, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against a spiritual wickedness in high places. So if you're feeling like you're getting attacked, if you're feeling like you're in the darkness, if you're feeling like you're not winning, I want you to question, what side am I on? Because if we are finding comfort in darkness, we we find comfort in the sadness, we find comfort in the pity and the jealousy and the rage and the anger, then guess who your leader is? It's not God. The rulers of darkness, he said, that's who we're fighting against. Check which side you are on. Often when we feel like God has forsaken us, 
It's because we have forsaken him. If you do, are not equipped with the full armor of God, the enemy can come and destroy blessings in your life. That's what he wants to do. He wants to rule over you. He wants to claim lies. And remember that we have life through Jesus. We can't allow him to do that. We are his people. We are his soldiers. We are under instruction. He's already given us rules. And the rules is his word. Those are the rules. And if we play by the rules, that doesn't just mean that we play according to plan. That doesn't mean that we're limited. That means that he's giving us a war book. He's given us a strategy. He's given us the parameters to be able to win the battles we fight in life. The battles that he fights for us. So when you're getting discouraged, I want you to remember that the devil wants you to keep your brain and your heart and your mind cluttered with feelings of defeat and fear. Feelings that you won't have the victory. Feels that you're being bested. It feels like everything around you is out to get you, is out to hurt you. I want to tell you something today. That this war has already been won. Remember that God, he sees all. He knows exactly what he would do to try and get you to feel this way. He knew it. He saw it before it even came. He saw it before you were formed in the womb. He said, I knew the plans I have for you before you were formed. He said that he knew. So if he knows exceedingly abundant above all things, if he is everywhere at all times, everywhere at once, what makes you think that the enemy has any power over you? What makes you think that he has any power in this battle? He's fighting this battle. He's crawling on his knees. He's trying so hard to defeat you, but he can't. He is a broken entity. He is a broken spirit. He's trying everything because remember, he is scared of you. He's so scared. He's got to pull out the financial struggles. He's got to pull out the familial struggles. He's got to pull out the personal struggles because he's scared that you know that you're winning. But once you start to win, that's when he starts losing. That's when this battle becomes bigger than anything. That's when you realize that God has always been on your side and always will be. That's when you realize that you have power because you have him. That's when you realize that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Because no weapon formed against you will prosper. It cannot prosper. This is his battle. This is his terrain. This is his land. He made, the, he made it all. He created the earth. So when the, when the devil is fighting on this landscape, right, he's squeamish, he's squirming, he's terrified out of his mind because he wants you to think that you ain't got a chance. But reality is, you got all the chance in the world. It's already been secured. It's been secured for you. Second Timothy reminds us. It reminds us that we are soldiers in this battle. 
And that victory goes to those who abide in him. That so long as we don't disown Jesus, he will not disown us. Right? If we are on his side, then we are on the winning side. Just like a coach, just like the best military strategists in the world are able to foresee outcomes from every possible scenario, God has already laid out the battle plan. All you got to do is follow it. Imagine being the devil in this war and you can't get ahead for nothing. The only time he gets ahead is when we let him. Remember that. Remember that the power the enemy has comes from the power that we give him. If we don't give him power, he has none. The reason he's so powerful now is because we let him get that powerful. But I'm here to tell you something. You can turn this battle around in your life. You can get on the winning side. Stop crouching in darkness. It doesn't love you. Stop crouching in darkness. It won't fight for you. Stop crouching in darkness. It did not risk its life for you. Jesus sacrificed it all. So get on his side. Become the light. Be the light you want to see in the world. Be the good you want to see on this earth. Because I'm telling you, you have the power to win it all. You have the power, the victory over this battle. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how long you've been fighting. It doesn't matter who you're fighting with. Who you're fighting for has already secured your victory. God is good and worthy of praise. You know, we get into these habits where we let ourselves become distracted with, with the minutia of everyday life. It doesn't matter. Open your eyes and realize you are in the middle of war. You are in the middle of a war. It doesn't matter if there's no physical war in the world for your country. It doesn't matter if there's no civil war right now. It doesn't matter if there aren't protesters fighting. You have to remember that on the spiritual plane, there is always a battle for every single, every single person is fighting something. Sometimes you're fighting multiple things, but remember the commonality is who? Satan. It's always been the same. Those people in high places, those entities, those spirits, those principalities. It's not against flesh and blood. Remember, it's not against each other. That's why we love each other. That's why we have the ability to love each other. Because remember, we're not fighting against each other. We don't really have that much power over each other. You don't have power over someone. Right? Who has power over you? The person that we've been giving collective power to. So if you let Satan, the enemy, come in and have that power and harness that power to hurt you? If you let him do that, he will do his best. But if you remember that no weapon formed against you will prosper, it won't succeed. Because remember, what is his aim? His aim is to take souls and to collect lives, right? So if he does that, that means that what he really wants is the hindrance of your salvation, is the death of your soul. 
And it says no weapon formed against you will prosper, meaning he won't get your soul. He may get that money. He may get that house. He may get that friendship. He may get, he may get that health. He may get that promotion. He might grip his hands around one of your children, but he won't win. It's not in his nature. Remember, it's not in his nature to win. He is jealous of God. He is jealous of you. He hates you so bad because he wants to be where you are. If only you could see what he saw in you, you would know how powerful you are really capable of being. You would know exactly who you are. If you could understand that he is crawling on his knees, scared out of his mind because he knows that this battle is against him, is fixed against him. He's still fighting anyway because he thinks he has a chance. Every time he gets a little bit of power, he puffs up. He thinks that it's the end. But I'm here to tell you right now, there ain't no way in hell God's letting that happen. There is no way. It says, if we endure, we will also reign with him. If we died with him, we will also live with him. In this war, there will be deaths. There will be casualties. But no matter what happened, where it happened, how it happened, if you're on the winning side, you already have an inheritance in the kingdom of God. You already have the, the promise of his glory. You already have the benefit of his love. You already have eternal, everlasting life. That's what weapons can't prosper against. And, and the devil will specialize weapons for you. God already knew that. God, we thank you. Thank you for reminding us that we're in a battle. We don't ever want to go into a battle unprepared, God, into a battle outnumbered, into a battle without checking with our generals. And you, your son, the Holy Spirit, you're our generals. And our word is how we connect with you. Your word is, is, is how we unify ourselves against the enemy, a common enemy, God, who is out to kill and destroy who was out to claim lives, out to claim souls, out to claim happiness, out to claim our victory. But that is just a try. That is just an attempt. He's already failed because you've already won. So I pray, God, that no matter what anyone under the sound of my voice is battling, no matter what he's throwing against them, no matter what he's trying to take, because he just wants to come like a thief in the night. Will God tell him that he can't have it? Let them know that they have power, that they have agency over how this happens, that they have the ability to withstand the attacks of the enemy, that they can attack him, God, with your word, with your love, with your plan. There's nothing under the sun that you're surprised about. There's nothing that you don't know. And because we are connected to you, we are connected to victory. There's nothing out of our reach, God. Remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And you strengthen us so much so that we become 
different, that we become transformed, that we are able to level ourselves, elevate ourselves, God, to access a different dimension of who you called us to be. Let us not get distracted. Let's remove the clutter. Let's remove the filth. Let's remove everything that is not helping us, everything dragging us down. We got to be able to run. We got to be able to walk. We got to be able to jump, to fly, God. And if there are things weighing us down, then we will never be able to. God, you said that we will mount our wings like eagles. And I pray that we let go of everything that is that is trying to suffocate us, that is trying to defeat us, that is trying to defeat the victory you've already won. Because it's claimed. It's secure. You've secured the win. They say secure the bag. He secured the win. You are powerful. You are mighty. You are the creator of the entire universe. You are good, you are holy, you are fair, you are just. Because you're in us, God, you can't disown yourself. So everybody who loves you has been promised what you promised us long ago, eternal life. God, I speak life over people. I speak healing over people. I speak victory over the battles in our lives that try and claim us they cannot win. And in your name, we thank you for that. In your name, we love you. We praise you, God. We give you the glory. We we give it to you in the middle of the battle, God, in the middle of the fight. Because <laughs> it's not even fair. It's not fair. And we pray that we help each other, God, and advance your kingdom and spread your word and be living, fighting testaments of who you are and what you want us to be. I speak the win. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. I speak the victory, God. All things succumb to you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in and hearing the word of God. Remember that you've already won. I don't care what you're going through. It will not overcome you. He brought you to it to bring you through it. Remember that. All right? You got it. You got it. It's not even fair. The devil is so upset. He's so jealous of how powerful you are because of God. Remember that. You are powerful. Beyond your wildest imagination. Beyond your wildest dream. With him, you can do anything. Anything. Not just Win the battle. Your dreams come true. Miracles happen. Chains are broken. And it's all in his name. Just speak his name. His precious name. Jesus. I love you. He loves you. 
and I will see you next time.